record. Your event is starting. And we're live. What is up, guys? I just realized I didn't even do an audio check. So one of us might be really quiet or really loud. Oh, well. <laughs> it oh, is, this is going to go well. This is going to go terribly, I can tell already. Um, just kidding. Uh, stay tuned to find out how this goes. Um, it is Sunday. Just blame stubbers. <laughs> yeah, just blame stubbers. It's always Paul's fault. It is Sunday the 5th Blame of break, August. <laughs> I'm trying to read the script, Paul. <laughs> damn it. <laughs> you know what? Screw it. It doesn't matter. We're live. We have two guests. Why don't you introduce yourselves? Paul, you can go first. People know who you are. I hope. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I kind of don't need to introduce myself. I'm, I'm Paul. Hey, I'm back again. It, it's quite boring, frankly, but I'm here. <laughs> Hey guys, I am Dara Hardesty. I am the owner of Elite Gamer, which is a gaming website here in Ireland. And I'm joining these two gentlemen on their podcast for this week while we talk tech. Yes, talk tech indeed. And I, I wasn't aware of Elite Gamer until this week when I sort of <laughs> looked you up, to be completely honest. Um, I mean, I have to- told you about them like, I think it was a month ago or something. When you, I first originally got talking to Dare here. So. You told me about his Twitter name, but you never told me more than that. So that was all I was ever aware of. And then obviously knowing he was coming on today, I did some further digging. And it's actually really interesting. It's become a sort of regular read for me. Just kind of keeping it. I've added it to my RSS feeds. Well, that's so, good. So yeah, if, if something comes up, I'll know about it. And I, to be completely honest, I was just drawn in by the F1 2018 preview. I was like, oh, I can't, I cannot wait for that game. That was dreadful. We put that up post embargo by mistake. One of the editors published it and we started getting emails from the PR team being like, did you publish this live? So like we had to put it back to drafts and then delete it from everywhere and be like, no, what are you on about? <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's clearly an issue on your guys' end. So, so tell us more about Elite Gamer. How did it come to be? What, what, what can people find there? Uh, so originally Elite Gamer was, I think I was in third year over here. And I'm not too sure how that scales UK years or anything like that. So I was about 15, 16. I was playing Gears of War. And I didn't like IGN because I thought they were stuck up which they kind of are, and Game Informer was another one. And all the games that came out, like this was back when paid reviews were a thing and all games that like had a lot of money were all like 10 out of 10 and stuff. So I was like, yeah, let's write reviews or whatever. So I started doing a blog on, it was .ie back in the day. And so what happened was I started writing these reviews, was doing that for about a year or two, and just like, in my opinion, really crap reviews, like just kind of going really brutal at it and then one year 2014 i think it was no 2014 it started 2015 i got an email from a guy and he was basically like i really like your website can i write for you and so he came on board and then 2016 we got a few more writers and we were kind of looking at it and be like okay we're getting some serious traffic from this let's turn it into something and last year then 2017 we went to well 2016 i first went to gamescom by myself and i was doing a bit of editorial and built up pr contacts and last year we did it as business and we got a huge amount of pr contacts we got on the press list of most of the big game companies which was insane and this year we're really trying to push it and basically get full funding for it so everyone can be paid full-time 
Wonderful. So how, how many so, writers do you have currently, roughly? Um, so at the minute, that always changes because at the minute it's like a voluntary site. So everyone kind of gives the time that they can. Right. So right now, I think we're at seven. We were at about 11 at the start of the year. Um, but because of people basically needing to swap out for jobs and stuff, we lost a few. So I'm hoping to get funding from the Enterprise Ireland, which is a funding source here by the government, and get a few more riders and then basically generate enough income to basically have everyone on full-time contracts. Wonderful. And what is your personal output in terms of writing? or what is Is, is writing the thing you find most fun or what is... Uh, it was at the minute I'm doing most of what I do right now on Elite Gamer is replying to emails, editing other people's stuff and managing the website, which unfortunately it takes up a lot of my time. So writing wise, I am lucky if I can get maybe one article out a week, but hopefully I'm going to be able to hire someone very soon who can do the website side of things, which takes up the most time and I can kind of get back to that. But at the minute, my main title basically would be editor-in-chief if I was approaching someone. So I'd handle all the editing on the site and basically make sure everyone knew what they were doing. Awesome. <clears throat> Sorry about that. So should we, should we get digging into the first subject? Let's do it. So I reckon we start with one of the more gaming-related ones, um, as we have... Mr. Elite Gamer himself. That's what I'm going to call you from now on. I've decided Mr. Elite Gamer. <laughs> uh, which, zero pressure if you ever decide to stream games, just putting that out there. Whenever you, whenever I see you live, I am going to come on and go like, oh my God, it's Mr. Elite Gamer. Um, but we actually have a mixer channel for Elite Gamer and he never introduces himself to anyone that follows me. So basically, anytime I'm watching a stream and he comes along, it's just at Elite Gamer in the chat. And nobody knows who it is. And it's so funny because everyone comes in. Usually he'll come in and he'll start giving out to me about something on the site, just kind of like trawling, basically. Right. And it turns into some amazing conversation with like other people because no one knows who he is. Like one person met him recently at an event we did. And actually, the topic you're going to go on, we had the main guy who chose to do so this thing right here like i don't know if you've got the word document open yes yeah uh we had the person who made that decision at one of our events dublin game summit here and yeah i had a great conversation with him so that'll be interesting but yeah he met him and a few other streamers from ireland met him and nozabox i don't know if you know of him from the uk met him as well so should, should we dig into that first topic then yeah so this week it became official after many rumors. Um, Epic Games CEO cited, quote, economic efficiency when he announced they were going to bypass the Play Store, um, meaning that Google wouldn't get a 30% cut after announcing that Fortnite for Android just won't be on the Play Store. In fact, if you want it, the only place you'll be able to get it is Epic's website, which kind of makes sense. Um, I understand why they're going for it, and Epic CEO did then also confirm that if they'd been able to do it on iPhones, on iOS, they would have done the exact same thing. My question, however, is how big of a security issue is this going forward for Android? Because we now have a generation of kids who know how to sideload apps, which for Fortnite isn't an issue, but for other apps, maybe. Paul, do you want to take the stage? Um... 
I'd start with actually pointing out there was a quote in the article from um, Sweeney uh, saying, uh, gamers have proven able to adopt safe software practices. Um, And this just sounds like rubbish um, because part of the problem with Fortnite is it's not just tech people it's not just the regular gamers everyone's gotten into it Uh, and a lot of people that don't understand the risks that they can get from downloading outside of the play store and the support that the play store actually gives um as for uh, security with apps and uh, making sure they're not trying to take um every bit of data that you have Uh, and it's not to say that fortnite are going to uh, do anything illegal um, however, to to give so many people the option to decide on their own security is is almost laughable at this point because most people, even if they know that there's some security issues and some data mining issues at this point, um, don't really understand it. Can get very some some people are very. Um, they, they know about it, so automatically get very conscious about it and don't really understand it properly and get too um, secure and private. And some people just presume it's not going to happen to them. And it's it, when I was reading the article, that's the bit that jumped out at me. It's like, can, can you really um, actually say that? Yeah, I think the the bigger issue isn't well. There, there, this is a definitely a multi-tiered issue. First of all, there's the issue that replacing a Google playlisting is kind is at least a little bit harder than getting into Epic Games website and replacing that file or getting something to happen along the way there. And then also is the fact that people now know how to or people will know how to sideload apps, and it will mean that. Even currently, there's an issue with a bunch of fake Play Store listings that claim to be Fortnite. But when it's websites where Google can't make sure that they don't contain malware or viruses as much as possible, then they can do infinitely more damage. I agree strongly with the second point there. So the main thing for the first bit anyways is once Epic Games releases the Play Store version, I'm not going to say the extension of that because then people are going to start googling it from themselves and i don't want to be responsible for anyone stealing other apps hmm. but what they're going to have to do is they're going to have to list a specific set of instructions how to take their file and get it into your phone and like george was saying it's going to teach people how to sideload these apps and right now there's a huge issue with people taking the files so the way people tend to do it is they install the files on their phone from the Play Store, but then they export them. And basically what they do then is they upload them to sites. So you can go to these sites, you can download these files of the actual game and install them for free. And where this really affects developers is if you're an indie developer and you might have maybe 100 sales, but you're still paying Google for those sales and you've still got fees and everything else that needs to be covered... And once gamers get access to your game for free, they're not going to pay for it. The majority won't. 
and it it could easily kill a indie developer in business. Now it's not going to affect anybody like Epic Games or anyone of that scale, but it will definitely hurt the smaller guys. And the dangerous part about this is all those sites that list all those uh, stolen like Play Store files and everything like that. One thing that happens right now. And what Epic Games really need to take into account is a lot of those sites unpackage the game file, stick in malicious code, and then repackage them for people. So when they do download them, they're actually installing spyware and malware alongside of the actual game. So it does bring into a big security risk because while malware and antivirus apps can actually scan your phone's files, they can't scan into these Google Play files so that you can't actually figure out if a file that you sideloaded is actually infected or not. And that's where the big risk is, especially with younger kids between 12 and 18 who are using the files. I also want to point out, sorry, real quick, Paul, um, people don't realize this, but just because the app you sideloaded works doesn't mean there isn't some form of spyware being run in the background. It doesn't have to, it's, it's not always sort of super blatantly obvious, but it's spyware. It is possible for the app to seem okay but to have spyware running in the background. Um, with Fortnite specifically, it, if it is, I assume it will be a free download. Um, and if if you are downloading it off a website that isn't Epic's own website, the only place I'd ever suggest is APK Mirror. Um, it's actually run by AndroidPolice.com, and they only do free apps. So there aren't any, they're they're all scanned to make sure they are directly from the Play Store. And the idea is it's just if you don't have a Play Store on your phone for whatever reason, you can download apps from APK Mirror. If you and they only do free apps. So if it's a paid app and you try to upload that as sort of a, a ripped copy, they don't take it. That is the only site I'd ever recommend downloading APKs from that isn't the Play Store. Sorry, go for it, Paul. Um, it is kind of a dangerous uh, thing to get people realize or get people thinking that it is completely safe to download things outside of the Play Store because there are lots of um, safe ways, but they're at the same point. It's very difficult to know if they're safe. As you say, they work fine, um, and quite often you can't tell. There is nothing that you can install on your phone to tell with a lot of um, with a lot of repackaged apps that they have had um, bad things put into them. Um, so people beginning to think that um, if they're going to start downloading things they shouldn't from the internet, uh, that it's not going to be an issue for them. It, it might. It's, it's, I, I understand Epic's point of view. I'm, I'm just surprised Google weren't willing to haggle that down because when it initially mm. came out as a, as a rumor, I was thinking surely Google would be willing to take a hit on that 30% on, on account of a fact that it is epic and you know it's fortnite it's it, yeah i i i was really surprised to hear that google refused to budge on that and i'm i'm now interested in what the intention will be on i assume they're going to be, be launching it on the samsung store for the note 9 but that's a topic we'll come to later <laughs> see i don't think google would for a couple of reasons first of all if Google did uh, basically do that, right, that would mean that 
the makers of Clash of Clans and Clash Royale and stuff like that, they make huge money of in-game currency and stuff. And that's the way Fortnite would work because people would install it as a free app through the Play Store, but then there'd be in-game purchases. And that's where the 30% would come in. You don't act, Google gets no money from free installs and stuff like that. But people like the big massive giants like Angry Birds now, who technically don't really make that much anymore, not as much as they used to. And all those kind of big companies that have all the microtransaction games they're going to be the ones that are going to go after Google and be like, okay, well, you gave Epic Games like a much less than 30%, so I want you to knock mine down or I'm going to leave. And that just brings in a huge snowball of effects that challenge Google's Play Store tax fees, basically. And 30% isn't much. Like if you look at the iPads or the iTunes Store or whatever, I think they're 70% for most apps and that's including all taxes and stuff so the play store is actually relatively cheap compared to all the other versions yeah it is a bit of a slippery slope to to make that um i can't think of the word but it, it as you say if if they do it for one person uh people are going to start either saying favoritism or come on if you can do that for them then you can do that for us otherwise we'll take our um millions of dollars of commission um away from you and um and google are a big company but they, they don't want to go risking uh, what is quite easy money for them um in some cases on the on the subject of easy money, which is, this totally isn't the worst segue I've ever done, I promise. Um, on the subject of easy money, can we talk about Origin Access Premiere? <clears throat> okay, can I start this topic off? Yeah, no, absolutely, go for it. Okay, so I don't know if you two guys know what... Okay, so Dublin Game Summit was... Okay, have you heard of GamerCon? Yes. Yeah. Okay, GamerCon ran two years ago now 2016 so sold 22,000 tickets 7,000 attendees could only could come in or whatever and it was like a massive disaster basically so that put like a whole like bad attitude towards gaming events in Ireland so what myself and two other organizers did is we ran Dublin Game Summit and 400 attendees it was a small event it was b2b event and we had some massive speakers like we had stephen collins owen carey from edge scan with james dean who is the main guy out of esl huge names one person we did have um was a guy called alex mann from ea and his talk was about if you even like type that in alex mann and dublin game summit he was talking about the subscription service that origin is moving over to and how you won't have to buy your games now i attended most of the talk i was running around the event i was the media manager so i was all the photos videos and stuff like that and from what i heard he sounded very convincing but the way he was laying it out is you pay the subscription fee if you want, even though like you pay like hypothetically, there's no prices named yet. Well, hypothetically, right? You pay 20 euros a month You pay that 20 euros, whether you're playing Mass Effect Andromeda or if you're playing all the FIFA games and everything EA has to offer. Right. So there's no kind of staged plans for gamers who only like who, for example, if you were the person who buys FIFA once a year and that's the only EA game you bought, 
you're still going to have to shell out 20 euros a month to play it. And then... Oh, I think we've had a internet, spontaneous internet death. Uh, are we back? Okay. Did it cut uh, out? Yeah, yeah that, was, okay. that was my end. Sorry, let me, I need to just, uh, one second. <laughs> it does this randomly. It's really annoying. <sighs> Sometimes it'll be fine for like three episodes in a row and then randomly it'll cut out. Okay, I think we're back. Um, we lost you at 20 euros a month. Yeah, so you're going to be stuck paying this 20 euros a month regardless of how many games you're going to use from EA. And the fact that they're completely getting rid of the full price games altogether basically means that for the person who's literally just going to play FIFA, it's not going to be affordable. That's going to be, what, like 240 euros a year? like that's ridiculous like that's if you're using every single game you like ea games and play a hell of a load of them it's a great price but not for people who are only going to play two or three like the only game i've played from ea this year was battlefront 2 and the last ea game i played was battlefield 1 so you can get, because uh, here it's £15 a month for you, you get the yearly subscription of £90 a year. Um, and at which point, considering the cost of a brand new EA game, um, it actually gets to the point where if you play two new titles from EA a year, um, you're actually already getting your money back. Plus you get all, all of the in-game benefits. Um but as you say, if people play one game, then for me, I would play like Battlefield and um, try other old games as well if I had um, Access pre uh, Premiere. But at the moment, I only play the new FIFA each year and I don't particularly want to pay £90 a year or £15 a month for just FIFA and a bit of extra coins in game. Yeah, see, the really annoying thing for me at the minute is for anybody who knows what Origin Access or EA Access, now in Ireland that's mm. €3.99 a month, and you get access to every single EA game older than a year. Mm -hmm. So you'd be able to access FIFA 17 right now and play it for €4 Euros a month. So the fact that they're going from €4 Euros a month to €20 Euros or £15 a month is a huge leap. And you're paying all that extra money for maybe 12 months, maybe only six months of exclusivity to that title. Yeah, I, certain games like uh, FIFA, uh, Madden, uh, they're, they're ones where if you pay, play it when the new game's out, there is a lot of... Um, it, it's a bit bit late to play it then uh, a lot of people can still do it i know george played one of the fifas once it came out on origin access but yeah, for I, most people by that point it's kind of too late because it's like well, i'm playing with last year's team now um yeah i actually still play fifa 17 on my pc to this day because if i want to play like i primarily play fifa on my switch at this point um actually but i i think for if you are someone that is a really avid ea gamer and is going to play sort of a bunch of games throughout the year then 90 pounds a year is kind of worth it 90 pounds being i think it's it's worth mentioning 90 pounds is the price of the ultimate edition fifa which is what you get with ea access oh yeah because with the upgrade 
And also, you do get, um, whereas with EA Access, you get it's a 10-hour trial, mm-hmm. yeah. um, early access trial. This one, you do get complete access to it uh it's a three days early yeah um i know a lot of people would say well i can't be asked to well i can and wait um three days i can't be asked to spend all that money on it but at least for the people that can uh they're no longer limited to those 10 hours which i do actually get free <laughs> sure but they're not going to include those three days because if you think about it now, if they're bringing this to a subscription-only thing, that basically means everybody who's paying the subscription, and if this is going to be the only way to get those games, then you're going to get access like before the actual launch date, which basically means the launch date changes. So they're not going to be able to guarantee that. So EA, uh, sorry, Origins Access Premier is only available on PC, so we'll be getting it three days before console if you're a PC gamer, which is a bit annoying because I only play I play FIFA on console now because there I is, have to play it there. There is an Xbox version called... E- so the PC version is called Origin Access and the Xbox mm. version is called EA Access. But so yeah, Premier is not coming to console oh, yet. Oh, okay. I see. Not yet. Uh, yeah, so oh, you get the normal okay. £4 a month one, yeah. but you can't get the, um, the okay. Premier yet. Yeah. Now, Alex Mann at Dublin Games Summit did say that they are rolling this out with PC, and then they will be rolling it out on console like a year later. So they might keep this exclusivity in with the PC, but I don't know. Personally, I'm not excited about it for the sole reason that I'm happy to pay four euros a month and have the EA or Origin access and have the old games. Because personally, I don't really care about new teams. I'm not that big of a FIFA fan that. If Wayne Rooney has like a bent nose in the new game, it's not really going to affect me that much. So I'm cool paying like a lot less for a lot more games rather than shelling out a huge amount of money. Because looking at it, like I'd probably only pay maybe two games that year of EA titles. Whereas like I wouldn't even pay full price for them. And it kind of brings it around to secondhand buying as well which is another thing that could be interesting for a future podcast. But I go to GameStop and I can pick up FIFA 17 right now, I think is seven ninety nine, And you get that, you own the game. Battlefront 2, the Ultimate Edition was actually in GameStop. Now I got the original edition on Xbox when it first came out. That's one of the few EA games I paid full price for. But right now, Battlefront 2 in GameStop, I think is 24 euros which is a lot less than you would have paid on launch and a lot less than what it would be if you bought the subscription as well. I I think it's really down to if you're one of those people that wants the new game when it comes out. Um, If you're someone that can happily just get around to a game when you get around to it, uh, like I play a lot of games that have came out like five, ten years ago at this point, and I'm fine with that. Um, but there are a lot of people that want uh, every time a FIFA comes out, they want it on launch day. Every time Battlefield comes out, they want it on launch day. Um, all these big titles, they want it as it's out or within a few weeks. They want it while it's still relevant. Huh. Um, and if you're one of those people, it's going to be very, very worth it for you. If you are playing more than a, sort of more than one, really. Um, Do you know who it might be worth not, it for? YouTube gamers or Twitch gamers like yes. as well, because because a large part of especially if you're a variety gamer, right? I think if Mad you mixer gamers, 
and Mixer Gamers. Yes, go check <laughs> Mixer.com out. Um, but if, if you're someone who's a variety streamer as well, right, if you are playing as many games as you can when they're new, £90 a year actually works out to quite reasonable for the, the sake of sort of playing every new game as it, just as it comes out. And when I think about the 10-hour trial um, with the early access, a lot of YouTubers, when it, when you have the week of early access for uh, with 10 hours, a lot of them were really having to conserve their time of, uh, with the FIFA YouTubers. Um, whenever they were doing videos, if they were waiting for someone, they couldn't launch the game until they knew they were all ready mm. um, because 10 hours is not really enough to do um, some of the sort of the big um, squad builder challenges or uh, I think like FIFA bingo they uh, do and stuff. Um, so for them, having an unlimited amount of time with early access is actually going to be a big deal for them. Yeah, and even if you're just doing kickoff, that's only about 30 games, realistically. Like, you're not getting mm. many more. And if it's a tight game as well, then, you know, it, it's even fewer still. Yeah, and also, like, we... Being the um, being with the early access, getting to it before a lot of people might have it, um, that that's when it's best for them to make the video. So I think it will definitely um, appeal uh, to them. See, I think they should have that as an option, but then keep Origin access for the people who don't want to pay that amount. Yeah, the they're, uh, well, they're, they're, they're keeping both. Yeah, they currently have both. They? Yeah, it's been it's been yeah. rebranded to Origin Access Basic, is what it's called. But it is still yeah. it's exactly the same. Oh, okay, uh, they, I always kept had the impression was. that they were cutting that completely. No, um, no, they're, they're both available. Eventually, yeah, they um, they might do it in the future, but currently they're both available because I'm currently on Basic. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's one. 20 pound a year yeah you can get that if you pay it for in in one year that that is a steal that was yeah i remember seeing that because when i first got origin access you could only pay monthly and then i remember mm -hmm. finding out they'd added an annual plan and it was 20 pounds and i was in shock and the thing is you get 10 so percent off purchases anyway so i could play all of the old games and still get a little bit of money off uh, off my fee for each year hmm and the, uh, the current cost of FIFA, that's like five, six quid um, just for, for something I'd get my money's worth out of anyway. So. <clears throat> awesome. So should we, I, I kind of want to talk about the Hippo Insurance Alexa skill, but I kind of also want to talk about how hilarious the idea of Samsung releasing a tablet that's already a year out of date is. <laughs> Leave the hippo one to last, maybe? Yeah, let's, let's end on a high note then. Paul, do you want to yeah. take it away on this topic? Um, sure. Go for I... it. <laughs> you didn't sound very convinced, I'll be honest. <laughs> I, I need to get up the, the specs for this because I've already forgot them. Um, so for those that didn't know, because it has kind of flow, flown under the radar a little bit. Has it? Um, I've been, uh, sorry, just I, to, I've, just to I've only seen one ad, so. Uh, maybe on TV. I've been in central London all week. They have been on every display I've seen. Those ads have really? been everywhere. Yeah, they're really. I think they push them in the larger cities because it's the same in Dublin. If you go into Dublin, 
there's banners and bus stop ads and everything for it. If you go anywhere else, there's not. Yeah. And I'd say the reason for that is because they're putting all their marketing advancements into the largest possible area and then just leaving everyone else to kind of... Because what tends to happen is in London and Dublin, the people in the cities pick up the stuff first and then they start Instagramming with it and tweeting with it and everyone else suddenly wants one. Yeah. And it's a smart way of doing it. Of course, I don't go out and I certainly don't go into the city, so I wouldn't see it anyway. But apart from one ad which reminded me that um, it had even came out, I haven't seen anything since. Um, and it just feels a bit... I mean, they've, they've never really pushed their tab um, releases in the past anyway. Uh, so it's kind of not surprising that I've not seen a million and one different ads on uh, on like YouTube and etc. But yeah, they are they are the currently only out to pre-order. They're not actually out out yet. Or have, yeah, or have they true. launched? I th- I think it's still a, a couple uh, of weeks away. Pre-order. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think yeah, it pre-register now is August. Okay, so launch date is August 9th. I think it comes out in Ireland sometime around the seventeenth. Yeah, because I, I, I would assume that actually, uh, my assumption is what they've done here is it will ship the same time as the Note 9. They've just announced yeah. it a little beforehand to not steal the Notes funder. Yes, um, I, I think I've they're going to talk more about it on August 9th with the... Okay, the yes, so the launch date in the US is August 9th and then the launch or the release date for everywhere else is August 24th. So the okay, launch cool. date is usually they launch them in their flagship stores and sell a few units, and then mm-hmm. everyone else kind of gets them gradually. Cool. Yeah. So, so Paul, so, tell, us, tell us about this device. <laughs> okay, so, th- I mean, there's, there's the more sensible options on it, that there is a 64 gig and a 256 gig version, mm-hmm. uh, 7,300 milliamp hour battery, mm-hmm. Android Oreo, Dolby Atmos speakers. Um, but then the bit that really just doesn't make sense um, is the Snapdragon 835, which is out of date at this point, even compared to their, their S9 phone. So that's just doesn't make sense. And they've only got four gig of RAM, which I mean... In a tablet, it should be just that bit more. They've, um, it. I think the bare minimum now with tablets is six gigabytes. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I mean, you could probably get away with four gig, maybe, but not on a tablet. This isn't a cheap tablet. This isn't their A series or whatever. Yeah, um, Galaxy A. Um, this isn't the cheap one. This is the one to go ahead uh, or go against the. Um, the iPads, um, I think it's like four hundred pounds or something. I'm not sure if they've had an actual. They they price. they drop the price somewhere, but I can't remember where, and I'm not sure I can find it right now. Yeah, if you keep if you keep um, talking, I'll do some googling. In in, in America, it's six hundred and fifty dollars um, on on release, so it is not it's not cheap. Um, and yet they're putting last year's hardware in it, um, last year's RAM amounts in it, and that's arguable. Not best, even last really. year's RAM. Like yeah, but, <laughs> if you look at the Razer phone, that had six gigabytes of RAM. Um, that had eight, didn't it? Was it eight? Yeah, yeah. It was I like believe big. it was eight. Yeah, okay. It's like they, okay, they so made a big deal because I, I remember being at that event. Yeah, uh, sixty-four gigabytes of storage, <laughs> yeah. eight gigabytes of RAM. Okay, yeah. 
Yeah, because I even tested that out, and that thing was a beast. And to buy that over here in Ireland was 530 euros. No, 570 euros to buy that in Ireland. Because we were at the uh, the launch, or like the keynote for it, we could have bought it at a discount, and I really wish that I had oh, the I money. Oh, so I was so tempted. I was. I really tempted. wish if 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 I was working, uh, then there is. I'm no, just not even. I had a brand new S8. I I had an S8 Plus, and yeah, I was still still really wanted the Razer phone. I will trade you the Razer phone for the S8 Plus. Ooh. <laughs> I personally don't like it for a couple of reasons. I love it. It's great for gaming, but the Bluetooth connectivity isn't great. And I like being able to plug in speakers, but because it didn't have an audio jack, I couldn't do that. Now, the adapter works, but then if you want to play something like Fortnite while listening to music, you can't exactly do that. And the size is a bit annoying. And then the main thing I really didn't like is if you're walking around with it and the sun is going on the screen, you're not going to be able to see anything. Oh, the yeah. On sucks. See, how is the camera now? Because I know that was a big issue at first. The camera, it got a bit of an update. But the problem with the camera is it's made for bright situations. So if you're in low light, it's going to look like absolute, absolute trash. And because of the way the... Uh, the flashlight on it on for the camera is it can't focus properly mm. and now i resorted back to an honor 7x so i've been using that now for the past while and the camera on this is amazing like this has it's very similar to the s8 plus it's got like the two cameras on it so it gets better focusing and stuff um, but in saying that now with the Razer phone it is the first model of it so it's not going to be exactly what everyone wants yet yeah also I think you mean the S9 Plus not the S8 Plus the S8 Plus has one camera does it? yes yeah Yeah. Look, I, ha- I have I have the S8 Plus right here I thought that had two no nope. they, that was their launching the, that was their big feature with the iPhone, S9 Plus the iPhone Plus ones that they've done um did but i was looking at secondhand s8 pluses online might have to rethink that it the camera on it is is very very good despite the fact it was just the s7's camera they literally um, they literally just copy and pasted the s7 camera i think they put like a, a slight bit of firmware on it but if even if you look at something like the dxo mark even they're like wait a second this is just the same camera yeah i think they just did the they copy and pasted the score. Um, if you go onto the S8 score on DxO Mark, it just refers you to the S7 review. If I remember rightly, but it's an amazing. That's now I will say one thing. Back going back to the processor for a second. Yeah. Yes. Just because I do want to stay on track with this is on the S9 and the S9 Plus, they use the Exynos processor which is newer than the one in the S9 Note. Yeah. So the fact that they have a better, faster, newer uh, processor in their smartphone rather than the tablet that would need it is very surprising, considering as well that the S9 is going to be cheaper than the Note. 
What I'd assume on that front is they very much so the Snapdragon processors are usually reserved for just US stock. So if you look at their phones, for example, uh, the Note 9 is expected to have a Snapdragon 845 in the US, and then they usually use Exynos everywhere else. I'm I think it's a supply issue. Like I don't think they can make enough Snapdragons to to fulfill all of their requirements. Um, yeah. So I know this was that was the issue for the S8 that mm. a, a lot of uh, the unit or well, it's basically split fifty fifty. I think just because they they're too new to to make um, the the demand for Samsung phones is pretty high. So they they just can't really keep up with it. Yes, yeah, so I'd argue that's probably the reason they're using a Snapdragon, um, just from a supply point of view. But even then, the, year, the fact it's already a year old, is, it kind of throws me off a bit. Uh, I almost yeah. wonder if they made this tablet a year ago and forgot to release it. They're like, oh, hang on, wait a second, we're supposed to release this thing a year ago. Uh, let's, let's do it now instead. <laughs> that or they could have had it designed a year ago. And what they probably did was, because of the whole disaster with the burning notes, they probably shelved that and decided to wait it out for marketing purposes. Potentially, actually, that's a good point. That is almost, that's probably more likely what's going to happen, what the reason was. And the, the last point on this, um, which actually is both on this and the uh, Microsoft Surface Go, is... I want it as a Chrome OS device more than I do an Android device, partially because uh, the Tab S4 supports DEX mode on the tablet. So if if you use a phone to use DEX mode, which is like the keyboard and mouse friendly version, you have to plug it into a display. Is that is that you, Paul? Yeah. <laughs> the way you looked out, I was like, oh yeah, that's Paul. <laughs> Um, I was looking at my tabs to figure out where the noise was coming from. <laughs> but um, so for the phones, because they're not big enough to be used as a com fake computer screen, you had to plug it into a, a, dis a regular display. Whereas the Tab S4 lets you use Dex mode on the tablet, which supposedly lets you run up to 20 apps simultaneously. And that just isn't happening on four gigabytes of RAM on Android. Yeah, that's... Um, unrealistic to, to be to be nice that if you're gonna um, put the the decks um, on the, the on the tablet you you need to be adding more RAM than that um, yeah it's a great selling point for them to add it but it's just not gonna work quite as well as saying if they're only putting those specs in it See, one thing that's interesting about the uh, about the Surface Go as well is you can get it with Windows 10. Yeah. But the Windows 10 is their new Windows 10 Lite version, and it's so bad. It's really, really bad. Yeah, so the, the Lite version of Windows 10 is called Windows 10S, which to that's me... It. Which to me, sort of, I, I think probably because of the iPhones, has this connotation of should be better, not worse. Um, yeah. 
Mm. And the big selling point for anyone who isn't aware of Windows 10S is a couple of things. First of all, it has increased battery life. Second of all, it has lower minimum specs. And third of all, the reason it manages those two things is because you can only download apps from the Microsoft App Store, meaning you can't install things like other browsers or basically any app you'd ever want. Um, Are you torrent? Or oh, uTorrent. Um, I think there's this different torrent thing on there. I'm not sure, though. Um, I've what... tried it. It's riddled with ads. Oh, is it? Okay, that's uh-huh. that's why it's fun. Um, what I will say, and this, this was free up until last the end of last year, if I recall correctly, or either that or the end of this year, is to upgrade. So the crazy thing is to upgrade from Windows 10 to Windows 10S is actually just to go into the settings and like hit a button. Um, so they charged or they said they were going to charge £30 for it, but it would be free until the end of the year. Um, Because Windows 10 is a mode as opposed to a discrete product. Um, So if if you wanted to right now, you could actually go into your settings and hit turn into Windows 10S and it would do it. Um, So is that basically the same thing as the tablet edition? Yes. Um, So everything... Everything to do with Windows at this point has become, um, there's like a core of Windows um, and it's just a different way it looks. So in the case of Windows 10S, it's just that you can't install other things. Um, Apparently, there's another variant of Windows expected that's on its way. Um, What I'm waiting for is, I don't know if you guys remember, but when Windows 7 was out, if you bought a netbook with Windows 7 on it, it would have been the Windows 7 Starter Edition. Mm-hmm. And the really cool thing about the Windows 7 Starter Edition is you could run it on much less RAM. It was only 32-bit uh, based, so it didn't use as much CPU power, but you could still install Chrome and all the rest of it. The only thing mm-hmm. that was different about it is it didn't have all the major features that Windows 7 actually had. So it didn't have the massive like hibernation mode where it's stored like a load of your system files in the yeah. RAM, like boot up and everything. So it was great for tablet and netbook users. So what I was expecting when I used the Surface Go, because um, we had one to look at, and one of the guys is currently doing a review on it. What I was kind of expecting is like a Windows 10 started edition. So a slimmed down version of Windows 10 that didn't limit your access to everything that made Windows 10 great, like Google Chrome, Plex for like media servers, stuff like that. Steam, because there is games that you could easily run on four gigabytes of RAM and a few other things like that. And I find that frustrating because if you're going to limit people like that, then you're really going to like people are going to buy the product they're not going to like it. They can't return it. They're going to be stuck with it. And it's really going to leave people with a bad impression for if they do bring out a good tablet version, like a starter edition, people aren't going to go to it then because they've already had a bad experience with the first one. Plex is on the store, by the way. Oh, that's good. In that case, we're set. We just need parallels. <laughs> Plex, we're all good to go. Um, I'm not sure if this if it works essentially as Windows, but I know there is a Windows IoT core. Um, I've never actually used it, um, so I have no idea how it works. But I think it lets you. It definitely lets you install Windows apps. Um, but you'd have to dig deeper into that to to know what it actually offers. In I terms assume of that's not supported by Microsoft. Um, it, 
it's an official version of Windows, so I'd assume so, because it's just it's it's a stripped down version of Windows designed for IoT devices. Okay. Um, but again, I don't know what the functionality behind that is. Um, yeah. Because I know that they've that it's being used on like smart thermostats and things like that. It's it's designed for IoT devices with very low resources. Um, the other thing with the, the Surface Go is much like the Tab S4, I just kind of want to run Chrome OS on it. <laughs> it's so the, the it comes with an Intel Pentium Gold. Oh, I can't remember the numbers. Something, 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 something. Y. Um, yeah, there's a Y in there somewhere. <laughs> the, the last letter is a Y. Four four one five. That's the one. So it comes with an Intel Pentium Gold four four one five Y. Um, which actually, uh, if I grab my Chromebook, uh, my Chromebook comes with an Intel Celeron N3060, which is actually half the speed because it's the same clock speed, but it has, um, two cores and two threads, whereas the Pentium has two cores and four threads. Um, so it's, a, it's about double the speed. So it actually I'm would run... Absolutely loving that you have the Git Fox and the Slack oh, stickers yeah. on that. Uh, there are two Slack stickers on here as well. Um, there's this one, which, which is sort of regular, and then this one has like a wood finish to it and is really nice. Um, oh, that reminds me, if you're a company that has stickers, let me know, because I've got some free space on my laptop and send them my way, because uh, I need more stickers I'll send on this thing. gamer ones. Hey, that will go right over the Chrome logo, just, just top corner right here. <laughs> but yeah, so it has roughly double the processing power of my Chromebook, and for what I use my Chromebook for, it's it's more than enough. So the thing that I want more is actually the touch screen and the tablet functionality when I do the speed in this scenario. Yeah, though that's if they would support the touch screen. Um, if you tried to put Chrome OS on there, because I uh, remember us trying to put um, Android on my Surface Book when I first got it. Um, and actually, no, I think it was when I did the review of it, which was ages later. Um, mm -hmm. But we had the issue that though the version of Android um, that we put on there um, was primarily meant to be used with um, mouse and keyboard because being meant to be installed on laptops and stuff. Um, but it did support touchscreen. But because the type of touchscreen they, they use on that, is it, was it touch pixel sense? sense. Pixel yeah. sense. Um, because it's a different type of touchscreen or whatever. Yeah, so basically, you need, it is. Yeah, the issue with that is so. the Windows version, any surfaces, they have essentially the pixel touch. So it's a completely different driver for using with all these softwares. So if you do get something on it, the unfortunate part is you do have to use a mouse and keyboard because mm -hmm. you're not going to be able to register the touchscreen interface. And if you do get it to work, because I know there has been a few people who were able to kind of jury-rig it, mm. there is chances that sometimes your touches aren't recognized or like you could be touching one part of the screen and it'll register on another, and it's just a complete mess. Yeah, and I would actually love to have Android on my Surface Book because there was a point when I basically just used it to play uh, like Solitaire and stuff like that. And it would have just been so much easier to have a full app store worth of games uh, rather than having to put up with Facebook games and Microsoft's game store, which is a bit um, lacking. Um, 
But yeah, it was, it was quite irritating, actually. What I will say In other is... words, you wanted to play Clash of Clans. <laughs> no, I was thinking more Angry Birds, actually. I, I should install Angry Birds on my laptop as we do this and see how well it works. Yeah. Yeah, Can you not it. install Angry Birds on uh, the Microsoft Store? It, I think at it is on the time, Microsoft I'm... Store now. It was. It, yeah, it's at... quite recent. This, considering this was probably like 18 months ago, uh, we're talking, um, it wasn't at the time, I know that much. I would actually check if it's, it's now. Because if it is, then I am going to be a very happy, happy stubbers. Uh, what um, I will mention is, cl- according to CloudReady support, so CloudReady is, um, so a company called Neverware produce uh, a piece of software called cloud ready which is essentially chrome uh, it's chrome chromium os with a couple of things on top so if you want to install chrome os on a device that isn't a chromebook then that's the way to do it um it it works that, quite uh, well that's uh, very good i used that on my pc i, um, I installed it on an old a... laptop and it's crazy to, it's crazy good. Well, it's as good as linux but then you've got obviously all the new features that some linuxes don't come with yeah, and we have an old Sony Vio, which um, has essentially the same specs as this, actually, and runs Windows, and is like the CPU is essentially um, pinned at 100% most of the time. Uh, sorry that I'm seeing sideways, it's because I'm currently trying to install Angry Birds on my laptop. <laughs> um, I mean, if we're going into bad professionalism, that's uh, George. <laughs> but, um, well, I installed Chrome... Chrome, well, Cloud Ready on it, and it worked so much better. It was ridiculous. Um, but they have said that it does support um, touch screen, but whether or not it would support it with uh, pixel sensors yet to be seen. So if you have a different touch screen laptop, it'll probably work, but probably not with a Surface device. Yeah, if, if, if only you could um, make it work for Surface devices, then it, it would be fine for me. Sad times. Curse me for having a really good touchscreen. <laughs> I have played um, Hearthstone on this, surprisingly, and it runs quite well, in fact. Come on, give me anchors. Oh. So I, I am able to install it, because uh, it comes up in the Play Store as able to, ready to install. So let me hit install on this and see what happens. So all that runs in the background. Um, Right, let me come back over here. So how are you guys doing? <laughs> so one thing that will be interesting is a slightly off topic, but Samsung, AOC, and HP are bringing out 21.9 curve touchscreen displays. Right. So that should be interesting because I know they use pixel touch, but they are also supposed to work with a lot of systems that run Chrome and all the rest of it. I see. That that'll be interesting. Maybe they have two sets of drivers. One, because I know what um, a lot of touchpads do is they have an ultra accurate driver called. Oh, hang on. Um, no, I'm not going to remember the name. They basically have a driver for ultra accurate and which supports two finger swiping. And then there's a basic Windows driver that's installed for sort of if you can't get that to work um daniel armstrong in the chat has said what do you think of the surface go i'm thinking of getting one um i i i from what i've seen i haven't had hands-on on them um they're they're okay and my argument with them has always been they'd be 
even better if they come bundled with the keyboard. I think the 380 pound version with the keyboard um, would be a really great competitor to something like the iPad Pro or as a, a relatively cheap laptop because it does have full Windows if you want it, um, but is not going to be lighting benchmarks on fire. It doesn't come with the pen either, which is... No, the pen is also like not... 400. Mm-hmm. The pen is 400. It, the pen is more expensive than the keyboard. Um, I think they're both 100. I think... No, I never think, mind. The pen yeah. and the keyboard is 400. Extra. To, oh, extra together, yeah. They... I think... A lot of people would find the keyboard more useful than the pen. But at the same point... It's a surface, so a lot of people that are going to go for it are going to want it for the the great touchscreen on it. So bundling the pen would make it a very, um, very good device. Um, I I'm so glad I have the pen with the Surface Book, and I know that is a lot more expensive. So no wonder it's it's bundled in. Um, I I never would have bought it on its own, especially for a hundred pound, um, but. It is so nice to have it. It's, it. I wouldn't draw on my Surface Book ever if I didn't have the pen. And not that I'm a great drawer, but occasionally it's nice to get the little um, sketch pad out and just start messing around with it. And it's it's um, simple, but uh, very nice to have. What I would say to anybody who is looking at the Surface Go... It is a heck of a lot of money if you're getting the keyboard and the pen and the book. For a tiny bit extra, you can get a better device. Like, you can get a better Surface device and have a much better version of Windows. Awesome. Because the the Surface Pro um, has the pen included. It does, yeah, most of them do. At which point you just need the keyboard and, as you say, it's a better version of Windows better specs in it it's not much more if you um most people a lot or a lot of people are opt for the cheaper version of the surface go just because it's cheaper and they don't realize um that they should really be going for the better version um especially for the faster mem- uh, faster storage um with the M- mc that's that's gonna be kind of slow uh, and the four gig of ram um the cheapest Surface Pro, just so you know, is currently £750. You also get a lot of deals on, especially the Surface Pro 4, the not the most recent Surface Pro. Yes, um, if, you can, Pro if you can wait a bit, I'd highly suggest that, and just wait for the next disc sale, because they have some great sales. Mm-hmm. Um, who and wants to watch me play Angry Birds real quick? Hey, look <laughs> at this. I have to use the touchpad, because I don't have a touchscreen on this laptop, so if I <laughs> click and drag with my keyboard, with my touchpad... Hey, isn't that great? So yeah, I can run Angry Birds on my laptop. There you go. One thing as well about about (laughs) buying the Surface Pro is with the Surface Pro, you will get a huge amount more hard drive space than you would on the Surface Go. With the Surface Go, you've got 64 gigabytes and 128. And on the Surface Pro, it starts with 128 and goes to 256 or 512. Isn't Isn't there a 256 for... Go or am I? No, that's just the two. No. There's 128 and. I must be. Yeah, it's, oh, it caps at 128. Yeah. Um, Which isn't a lot of space. Like, if you, for example, if you're an artist, 
and you're using a high-end graphics like application or something, you're going to use that space up pretty quick, especially if you add music and pictures on top of that. Yeah, yeah or videos. I, the, the, at this point, the the 64 gig version is only viable as a tablet replacement, which unless you've got Android on there, then it's not really a that viable of an option still. And the 128 gig is just lacking. It does have expandable storage. It, yeah, though. that's what I was going to say. It has a micro SD card port, um, which Windows 10 recently got an update that means that you can treat it as a regular hard drive and it will just expand... Yeah past that so but i, I wouldn't suggest that, it one yeah. of the things about expanding and we tested this is in order to mimic the storage that it comes with originally you need a really 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 fast micro sd card mm-hmm. if you go out and you buy say a 64 gigabyte high capacity card you're not going to have near the same read or write speeds as you would with the internal. So if you use up all your 64 gigabytes with apps and stuff like that, and you try and install apps, which you can on the SD card, at some point they're going to crash and fail because the SD card isn't going to keep up with it. And it's like the same with getting movies off it, watching like high-end movies or anything like that, is the card, chances are, it's not going to be able to keep up with what you're looking but the price of the card would be much better spent put into a higher version yeah. of the Surface. Yeah. Even if it's the Surface Go 128 or the Surface Pro, because you will get a smoother experience out of it and you will enjoy it for a lot longer. Yeah. See, that's the thing. A lot of the time people start to use um, the excuse of, well, there's not much storage in this device, but it does have expandable memory. And I know I do that myself sometimes, but what everyone really forgets most of the time is you can't replace uh, internal memory with the external memory. It's it's great to have it there. It's great to have as an option. Storing photos and music on it's all right, but storing apps um, and 4K video um, on there to, for playback that's that's not gonna not gonna work. Well, even for storing video in general, um, like on my phone at the minute, I gave up using external because I've got 64 gigabytes on board on my phone. Now, the only thing I really use my my camera for on phones is if I go to events like CES and stuff like this, and I'm taking photos for journalistic purposes afterwards. But what I found was if I was recording video and saving them to an SD card, there was a point where, because I just I got a really cheap SanDisk SD card, it was... I think about 30 euros, so about right. 25 pounds or something like that. What I found was if I was recording a video longer than two minutes and quit the video, like ended recording or whatever, the video would be corrupted on the SD card because it would take too long to save. So mm-hmm. what I ended up doing is just using the internal memory and opting to get a newer phone whenever I could because the phone couldn't save photos or videos to the SD card fast enough for it to actually store but then if you, while it's storing, if you start recording or take more photos, it's going to corrupt whatever save you have. And that's going yeah. to be a problem no matter what device you have. I found that what I had to do um, if I wanted to vlog and then store that on my SD card, I had to vlog to the internal storage, which of course had no issue. And then once I was getting a point where I wasn't 
uh, going to vlog anymore for a little bit. I then just transferred it over to the SD card. Uh, luckily, I have loads of spare storage, so I didn't particularly need to do it. So I didn't run into too much of an issue. But if I did, then that was going to be quickly become a very tedious um, waiting game uh, for that sort of transfer. It, and if you are someone who is intending on sort of really doing that consistently and recording to an external SD card for whatever reason, whether it be because you need uh, a like 256 gigabyte one or if because you bought the phone and now you need the storage afterwards, I would suggest you go for one of the higher end ones, something like a SanDisk Extreme Pro, um, which has yeah. something like 200 megabyte read write speeds. Yeah, because so the, there are SD cards like that one that do support... Uh, 4k video recording directly to them mm. uh, because i mean there, there are cameras out there uh, that film in 4k and do that to sd cards not just ssds so there are there are cards out there but most people just think oh all i need is say i, I need 32 gig of uh, storage this is the cheapest 32 gig one or this is the cheapest 32 gig one from a reputable brand that's enough um, but I know when I got my 32 gig SD card that's in my phone at the moment, um, I needed to get a better one than the first one I'd got because of the the, the speed limit. I was recording at like 1080p on a uh, on a camera, um, and the cheapest um, as hell one that I could get uh, just couldn't keep up, and it kept crashing after like 30 seconds a minute. So that's not really good enough to record a video with. Now, yeah. I will say with that as well is you were mentioning that a lot of SD cards for like good ones, they read right at 200 megabyte or 200 gigabytes. Uh, megabytes 200, per second. Yeah, meg, yeah. So one thing with that as well is with the Surface Go, uh, the SD card in that has a read write speed of 480 megabits read and I think it's 460 megabits write. So that's going to be a lot faster than most SD cards you buy on the market. Like to get the equivalent of that would cost you £229 from Argos. Hmm. So that's that's for a 64 gigabyte uh, memory card. So if you equate that to the Surface Pro, you've got 256 gigabytes of 480 megabit read-write speed, which is going to be twice as fast as any SD card you have, and probably a lot cheaper than the cost to upgrade to the Surface Pro from the Surface Go. I, I think it's just people knowing um, that that micro SD cards just going for that like there is a speed um, issue there. Uh, yeah, they're faster than a mechanical drive. Um, but if you get the cheapest one you can find, you are more likely to have um, speed issues, which um, which could cause um, errors and lost data or, or damaged data that um, that they're unlikely to be able to recover. Um, it, it is just something of, of know what you're buying. Um, I'm actually flicking through Amazon at 128 gig um, micro SD cards now, and it's like 30 pounds um, for for 100 megabyte a second ones. Um, it's, 
Awesome. Um, <clears throat> so, I guess... I think that's more or less it. We've covered everything apart from the away mode skill. So we're, we're going to get out early on this one. Isn't this great? Oh my God. I've been spammed with messages all episode. My watch has been going off frantically. It is not having any of it. Now, we did get a message from Daniel about Fortnite as well. Yeah. So what was your question, Paul? What watch are you using now? Oh, I've still got the G Watch R. Us. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna upgrade to the um, new Samsung watch, assuming it's not terrible. <sighs> oh, that's triggered enough. <laughs> Smartwatches are so overrated. What you guys need is oh. a Fitbit. Oh no, I just use it as a notification machine. Like I don't actually yeah, use the smarts in it. I just use See, it for I notifications. Hate I hate that so much. I, I tried it. I like it. It drove me nuts because every five minutes my arm would start vibrating. I've, I've actually gotten <laughs> to a point. Messages that much. <laughs> I've gotten to the point where I don't actually use my like my phone's vibration is turned off because I just use my watch, so my phone doesn't I, make any noise or vibrate. When I got my smartwatch, which I I don't use that much now, but when I got it, I was working up in London at a um, a computer shop. Um, and go, go traveling up on the train, you're quite cramped. So if I suddenly got a call or suddenly need, to, I wanted to change the songs or whatever, I, I had my earphones pl- uh, plugged in. It was so much easier to just quickly look at my uh, watch, see, okay, it's my mum calling, it's my brother calling, whatever. Ex- accept the call rather than having to get my phone out. Show I've got this brand new phone because at the time I'd got the new Nexus uh, 6P. Um, it was just easier to just swipe on, on my watch or whatever. How good is the battery on your Nexus 6, people? <laughs> that was horrible. That, I mean, occasionally now, if I'm uh, bored I've of my him. I've officially battery, triggered him. I, I will play games on that still. But the, the Nexus 6P battery used to irritate the hell out of me because you would think, oh, yeah, I've got 30% left. No, you actually have about five sometimes. Um, it, it, it was so bad. I quite often had it cut out at 24%. I'd, I'd literally uh, get my phone out, check. Okay, yeah, I've got 24% battery. Stop, turned itself off. Why are you doing this to me now? And it, it, it was really irritating a few times where I was on nights out. Um, and like I'd be out super late and my, I've got no phone. I'd like or i'd be on my way home from somewhere and i need to get an uber and i remember one time um i had no you never had any idea of when it was going to cut out sometimes it'd go all the way down to like five percent and it'd be fine a lot of the times it'll cut out like 16 percent, 18 percent around there or even higher and i remember one time um ordering an uber the uber driver um just parked in the wrong place then decided to drive off after five minutes um once i'd eventually actually got to her she drove off as i got to her um and i was like please say i've got enough battery to get another uber to me and to then know it's there um and i just about and it literally cut out once i'd got into the uber i was like oh thank god i think my iphone 5 was like that i bought it secondhand 
And it had a terrible habit of showing that at 40% and then dying because the battery was screwed on it. So I got rid of it. I had the iPhone 5S for a while. And then Apple pissed me off. So I decided to go to a Samsung S5. And I had the exact same problem. It would get down to like 40%, maybe 30% caught out. And it got to the point where I had a piece of paper with about five different numbers all written down in my wallet just in case my phone died and I needed to call someone. See, that would have been my problem. Uh, The only number that I actually remember is my mum's purely because she has had the same number for as literally as long as I can remember. I'm sure she's had it for about 15 years and she used to have it on the answering machine at home um, in my, my old, old house. So every time the answering machine off went off, I heard her number. Um, so that's literally the only um, reason I remember that one number. So I, I would have been screwed if I'd... Um, I mean, uh, especially if she was at work or whatever, or I had her phone turned off. I, yeah, there's no way I was getting on, in contact with anyone. I think the only consolation for something like the S5, and this is something that's more of an issue now, is the S5 had a replaceable battery, whereas most phones now don't. And the 6P definitely didn't. Yeah, (laughs) to replace that battery. I I Uh, think technically it's not, because I remember looking it up right around when you bought your S8 Plus. And like, it wasn't that it was hard, it was that you just broke a bunch of glass that you also then had to replace. Yeah, it it wasn't the most difficult one to replace. It was more for the fact that, yeah, you broke the screen and then... or. You didn't always break the screen, but it was a high chance. But you didn't want to buy the screen uh, and then just not shatter the one on the phone. It's almost the kind of case of, okay, I'm going to take this out. I might as well just smash this now. Like I've, I've put a new screen. I just, I didn't want to then waste a load of money. And the, I don't think the screens were cheap um, to, to replace either um, at the no, time. About 80 pound, I'd say. Yeah, I, it, I think it was around on £80, £100 and then to have to replace the battery on top of that and go through all of the effort of it, um, I was just like, I might as well hold out to my, um, to my renewal date and it was, oh, it couldn't have come sooner. I was so, so happy once I got my phone. <laughs> and especially for the fact, because part of the reason with the Nexus 6P, it had a battery that just... Um, lost its uh, performance a lot quicker. Generally, it's meant to be that they get to 80% of their capacity after two years. And one of the selling points of the S8 was that it only dropped to 98% of capacity after two years. I was like, oh, if if you do that, I'm going to love you so much, Samsung. <laughs> yeah, that is sort of the big selling point for Samsung's is that their battery tech is amazing in terms of longevity. Um, when they're not busy yeah, catching fire. I, th- I think they made a big point when they released the S8, because uh, I think it started with the S8 that they did this, um, that they suddenly managed to make the batteries last. Um, and it, it, it makes a massive difference. I've not noticed any drop in my battery life um, over the... I had it for 10, 11 months now, and I've not noticed any drop yet. To quickly address um, Daniel Armstrong's question about when do you think Fortnite for Android will come out, it's my understanding... the question that came out a half an hour ago? 
Yes. At least. Yeah, I, I saw it and I was like, I'll, <laughs> I'll get to that. And then we started talking about other things. Blame Paul. <laughs> yeah, it's all Paul's fault. Blame Greg. Um, it's my understanding that it will be an exclusive with the Note 9 when that launches for 30 days. And then it will be available on Epic's website. That is, that is my understanding at the moment. Is it rumoured? They haven't confirmed it. No, no but it's, it's not it confirmed. is heavily implied because yeah. they are marketing the S9 Note as the first phone that's Fortnite compatible and all the rest of it. So it is looking likely. And because it is a Samsung product and it's the rival of iPhone, they probably want to ship it on that first when they bring it first over to Android. And then they can get their extra 30%. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's the only reason I just didn't want to give that 30% to Google. <laughs> um, I, I reckon we will see that. I, I don't see how effectively, short of banning non-Note 9s from getting into the app, getting into games, because obviously servers will see sort of device IDs and stuff. So short of banning non-Note 9s, I don't see how they will stop other people from just sideloading so, the APK. See, the main issue... Sorry. Go ahead. I, I, I would presume that it would come shipped with the game uh, and they would just hope that not too many people will get the APK from sources that aren't Fortnite. Because a lot of people won't get it from elsewhere um, at first, anyway. See, the way I see it is with a lot of games, when you ship them on different devices, you have to make sure that the aspect ratio and the uh, resolution everything like that is all set but then you also have the two different types of android phones you've got the ones that have the button and then you've got the ones that actually have the touch screen bar on the screen itself so what they'll probably do is they'll only ship one version of it so if you do ship it like export it and stick it in another device chances are it's probably not going to run right the aspect ratio is going to be off and you could have issues trying to access certain features of it. So while it is in theory possible, it's probably not going to be the greatest experience considering that you can easily just wait 30 days and access the proper version of it. Hmm. So should we close out on, um, on Alexa's away mode? Yeah. So do you, do you want me to... To read the notes from Yeah, here, go, go for it, mate. Because I, I just found it hilarious, to be completely honest. So the quote that you've got on here is, um, Away mode is the first ever home protection skill that harnesses the power of human awkwardness to ward off unwanted visitors. It's like that scene from Home Alone, except instead of cardboard cutouts, it's unsufferable conversations written by the writers of NSL... <laughs> SNL, um, it's always sunny in Philadelphia and UCB. I got that that acronym the right way around. And <laughs> of course, you've written here. Most reviews seem to miss the point that this skill is a joke, and the, the, it's both a joke and I think it would actually work because, like, some of them are sort of proper conversations, and anyone just hears voices talking, and the, yeah, the power. Of, the power of human awkwardness is strong. What I, what I do find hilarious is the, the reviews are really split. So it's got an average of 2.9 out of 5, with 33% being 5 star and 35% being 1 star. Yeah, there's really no middle ground with it. You either love it or you hate it. 
And I just love, and there are people who sort of see this as genuinely real. Things like um, some scenarios are just ridiculous. I have, um, in, in the article that's in the show notes currently, there is, I think they wrote a couple of the scenarios and they are hilarious because they are clearly jokes. So there's things like um, book club meeting where everything but the book is discussed. Um, two average guys brainstorm what's unique about themselves so that they can start a podcast about it. And emergency PTA meeting to discuss memes, fidget spinners and other teen fads. Like it's clearly a joke. <laughs> it's clearly a joke that would work. Though. That's the stupid thing. Like this, but I mean, I can see why some people have taken this seriously because there, there is logic to the argument, and it's and it's definitely more likely to ward off um, people than having your TV on. I mean, most people would recognise that it's TV, especially when the so the theme tune to Coronation Street comes on or something. But it's just like. Just so I, I, it's it's not as good as, as Skyrim for for Alexa. I still need to get that. For Have you not played it yet? No, I haven't. I kind of want really an, need an Echo because I, I had an Echo and an Echo Dot, and then I sold them both because I went over to the dark side that is Google. Um, <sighs> well, what, one of them you most, didn't have the choice really to. Yeah, well, to, the, re- the reason the reason I went over to the Google Home is because the Home Mini sounds so much better than the Echo Dot. Um, it's oh, yeah, it's it's horrible. like nowhere close. It's not even a competition. Um, well, the Echo Dot should never have been constructed. I, I never would have got the Alexa as far ago as I did if I if the Echo Dot wasn't a thing and at thirty pound or something because um, mm-hmm. I got it on Black Friday yeah. back in twenty sixteen. I think it was. But um, you do use the Echo Dot with the Alexa device. See, a lot of people just get the Alexa dot or the Echo dot and just use it as is, which is fine, but you're not really getting the same benefit out of it. Yeah, it's just it's just an odd device. Um, not an odd device, but like the sound quality on it is just so low, but you, you wouldn't use it as a speaker. And yeah, I, I, I think... use my Google Home Mini as a speaker. I have it actually under one of my displays right now because whenever I want to play music, I don't have monet- any speakers on my PC. I just play Spotify through that instead. Yeah, I think the Echo Dot is personal assistant, whereas the, the bigger versions can be used as a sound system. I mean, my, I've, I've mentioned on numerous occasions how annoyingly good the sound is on the Echo because I it's actually so loud that at night time, if I control it via the Spotify app or via voice command, um, the difference between each volume is just too big. Um, I actually have to press the button on the unit to fine tune the audio, um, which is it's such a first world problem, but <laughs> I can't oh, find it extremely irritating. I, I don't want to be a guy who brags, but um, on the Google Home, you can set separate reply and music volumes. Just saying. Well. (laughs) (laughs) But Echo is still better than the Apple solution. Yeah, see. Better priced. (laughs) Personally, I like the standard Echo that comes with the fabric cover. Mm. Because the speaker is amazing. And it also looks really, really good. Whereas the Echo Plus, 
unless you have a super modern house that's like all chromified and shiny and everything, it's kind of yeah, the living though uh, the A120 is like that way and the A12 is that way. So two massive roads. Um, there's a lot of country pubs around here because apart from that, there's basically nothing. Um, and I've seen a few of the country pubs use that as their sound system because they don't really have music on much. But occasionally, if they want to put a bit of background music on, um, having the big unit actually kind of works. And I, I mean, it's not really that big of a unit either. Like it's what, six inches tall? The, the bigger units. Um, I, no, but that's what I mean. It's like for say small country pubs or places that would be confined to space and don't want to shell out for a major sound system it does deliver a lot of power for such a small size yeah i yeah i, I think the echo would be a better choice than the echo plus in those cases but i think they're probably thinking well this is a big place let's put in the bigger speaker that might work out it's a bit of well the echo plus and the e- standard echo have the exact same speaker in it um, yeah, so they, they don't. The Echo Plus has a slightly larger tweeter. Oh, does it? Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's the, more the or less the same, but it is same, slightly larger. But, um, so but they have the same woofer, but the Echo Plus has a slightly larger, so it's 0.8 instead of 0.6 inches. Oh, okay. Um, so it's a slightly larger tweeter. And the reason you'd get it instead of an Echo outside of that is the fact that it also has a built-in smart hub. So if, if you don't yeah. have smart home stuff... Um, then there, there is no real reason. If you're using it to control your house, then the Echo uh, Plus probably makes more sense. Okay. Oh. Is that a show, guys? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Uh, we're gonna wait for my internet to stabilize real quick because it's doing that thing <laughs> yeah. again. I don't know. I don't know why it's, it's it's been doing it for these last couple of days, especially, and I don't know why. Um, however, what I think kind we're of back. Speed you get? Um, my speeds are usually fine, so it's about two fifty, three fifty down somewhere around that. I think that's what we pay for, and then saying like twenty up. Um, so usually it's not a problem. It's just been acting up these last couple of days. This is what I get on high load if everyone's using it. Um, I won't be able to see it, unfortunately, because Very nice. it's in the middle of <laughs> chat. Um, you, you, you want to give me half? I, I only get um, about 55.18 um, because of where I live. I can't get Virgin Internet, uh, so cable internet, which is easily the fastest you can get, really, yeah. uh, generally, yeah. Um, but the so that's what I is, have is fiber. The um, the internet around here is quite unstable. So even if the speed isn't too big of an issue, um, the random dropouts for 30 seconds or quarter of an hour sometimes even uh, is, is rather irritating. Um, the, just the pure instability. See, we were like that up until two years ago. And we actually had to dig the trench ourselves to put the line in. And on a good day like a really good day when no one's using the internet i can get up to 900 meg up or down very nice and about 250 up someone i was speaking to earlier on was saying that um in their building um they can actually get up to a gigabit uh, if they wanted to however it's not cheap 
Um, so it, it's not quite worth paying for all of that. Well, that's what we're on at the minute. We're on, we were trying to get Virgin. We, we got Air over here. So if I turn everything off and just use one computer, I can get a gigabit. But then once you kind of start using other computers, it kind of goes down. But I'm paying 90 euros a month for it as well. So it isn't cheap. But it is so worth it because here you've got two options. You can either get 100 meg or you can get 1,000 meg. So obviously, like for the extra 20 euros, it's better just to get 10 times as much. If if you're Uh, in London, there's a company called Hyperoptic, which is currently the only company offering gigabit in England, as far as I'm aware. Um, And you you have to be within their coverage. However, it is 46 pounds a month. Um, Yeah. It's actually really... Um, which is actually not too... Sorry, sorry, £48, not 46 Which is actually not too far off what I'm currently paying for this internet connection. Yeah. See, because we, we, um, we're on the most expensive Virgin Media thing, which is sort of home business. Yeah, we pay... Um, and considering this was on deal when we um, did this, um, is £30 a month, I think. Uh, and after a year, that goes up to like 38 or something a month. So to pay after that time like ten pound extra, and then to be getting a hell of a lot more speed than fifty five, um, I, I I think I would pay that. It is also um, worth mentioning, but it's symmetrical gigabit, so it's one gig down, one gig up. Yeah, that's pretty decent. Mm. You can't even get symmetrical here. But that being said, there is about five or six companies here that do offer gigabit. What? Yeah, our infrastructure isn't, isn't the greatest. Yeah. yeah, see, they're still rolling it out here. Like, we were lucky because there's about 40 minutes away. We've got Carlo and some of Ireland's biggest servers are there. And Amazon is servers there. So, mm-hmm. obviously, the fiber had to get put in there. So, because we live so close to there, we were able to get it in pretty handy, which is beneficial. But then you've got, like... It's 70% of the country that are on 25 meg, and that's about as fast as they'll ever get. I um, So I can't see it right now because it's quite dark outside, but there's actually a cell tower um, just over there, um, literally about 50 meters, 100 meters away from, from where I'm sitting now. So I can get uh, faster download speeds by about 20 or 30 uh, quite easily um and my upload speeds are about 50 better um it's it's ridiculous and i slightly wish i was using using that rather than cabled in internet right now then can you switch or are you in a contract uh we're in a contract for 18 months or something it, it's at the time it was just because we were saving a bunch but uh, if, if i'd realized there was a cell tower so close and I'm pretty sure it's it's um, um, making a big difference to the speeds. Um, if I'd known it was there, though, uh, I, I possibly would have would have went for a four G um, home broadband rather than keyboard. You know about the UK legislation that came in about broadband speeds, right? Uh, which one? Yes, yeah, the one where they've changed how they have to advertise their speeds, right? Yeah, yeah. Because that, actually, that was coming into um, so you uh, can now place around when I was getting. Yeah, you can now cancel your broadband without penalty. So, 
if the speeds, so say for example, they told you that you can get up to 50 meg, but you can't actually get up, you can't get 50 meg, you get like a certain amount lower, they have to give you the exact amount. And if it doesn't reach that, which it won't, because that's their max and you'll never get up to that. Yeah, it's like 1% of people broadband. actually get that speed. Yeah, because I remember when I was actually looking at the broadband, a few people um give a guaranteed minimum speed to keep people happy um and the one for here was actually about 38 and when we first got it, it was like well we're not getting it uh, and after a week when like the settle down period it's like well we're definitely not getting that and uh, then they did something and suddenly we're getting double what we was before yeah um, and it's still not great but especially yeah, when so i use i used to have 223 down i <laughs> so miss that if you go on twitter and type in virgin media broadband or whatever um virgin media haven't adopted these terms yet even though they're supposed to do it back in may so they're actually clean so because of that um i forget what the company is there is a company in the uk that's actually handling all that you basically just send them the details and they'll cancel it for you or you can just call up virgin and cancel it yourself but yeah um with this whole new legislation thing you can cancel it with virgin and they can't do anything um, virgin are absolute nightmares for cancels and contracts um and and for all of the charges of getting the con uh the equipment back to them because so we had a, a bit of a issue with them um, and I actually remember talking on this show at one point. Uh, I'm pretty sure we talked on here about it. Um, how Virgin were charging people if they moved out of a Virgin area, uh, and they but they were still locked into contract. They were charging people early withdrawal, and eventually uh, Virgin started giving refunds on on doing this because uh, so many people complained, saying, "Well, it's not our fault." that you're not offering us service in that area. Um, and uh, eventually they stopped doing it. But, yeah, they're not great. No, definitely not. But it would be definitely something to look into if you're not getting the speed that you're supposed to be getting. Yeah, I need to actually check what I'm meant to be getting. Um Awesome. So, guys, yeah, I think that has been a, a, a great hour and a half of podcasting. So, where where can people find you? Where should they go? What should they read? Um, which political party should they vote for? What is your social security number? And <laughs> <laughs> regular jazz, you know, as you do. Do you want me to go first? Yeah, go for it. I guess. Okay, so if you wish to follow me on Twitter or wherever for some unknown reason, um, go to... Wait, do we have the SMPY mm -hmm. uh, links back? Yeah. Okay, yeah. go to smpy.tech slash Paul and you will find a little page that will take you to my Twitter, which has my Twitch link as well if you want to follow me on there. I haven't shrunk in a while, but I should get back into it. And my Twitter's the best place to find out if I am going to. We should stream some Rocket League together at some point. Um, I was thinking this earlier on, actually. What I will say is the SNPY.tech short URLs were broken for only about a day. Um, so if you tried to use them in that period, I'm really sorry. This was like about a month ago now, so you've probably forgotten. Uh, the reason they were down is because the auto-renewal didn't go through for some reason, so I had to renew... Um, ownership manually which is really weird because it was supposed to auto renew but it didn't and um it's fine though because we got it fixed and now they're all working 
Okay, so go for it. Where do they find you? Me? Yeah. Yeah. Am I using the SNPY or do uh, I just plug my own stuff? No, plug your own stuff. Okay, so you can find me on Twitter under the Couch Hobo. I also stream on Mixer.com and I run a Irish gaming website, EliteGamer.com. So if you go there, you can keep up to date with all the latest gaming and tech news. And there's some really cool stuff coming out over the next month with Gamescom coming up. So definitely keep an eye on that. What is the game you're most looking forward to this year? I guess that's a question I should ask sooner. Let me see. Oh, so Redemption 2, but Rockstar have first off pushed the Battle Royale mode for it. And then because they got backlash, they pulled it out. So I'm interested to see if it's actually going to be the game that Red Dead Redemption 1 was. If it is, I'm really excited for that. But other than that, there's not that much stuff that's coming out that I'm really ecstatic for. I mean, Fallout 76 looks decent, but again, we'll have to kind of see how that plays out because they're really experimenting with a whole new genre with that. Fallout 76 is a really bizarre game. It's the one that I never sort of expected to see. It just came out of nowhere. But hey, any excuse to play Fallout is a good excuse to play Fallout. Thank you. See, so- I've been expecting it. Sorry. No, go for it. Are we closing up? No, no, no. Go for it. Go for it. Okay. I, I want to add this real quick. So... If you guys remember when Skyrim was kind of dying before the Switch came out, they brought out Elder Scrolls Online. I really see that's kind of where they're bringing Fallout because they've kind of done as much as they can with Fallout for the moment. So bringing Fallout into a MMO kind of genre brings out the existence for a next while. So it does kind of mean that there is a chance that it's going to be extended onto other platforms like Switch or whatever comes after Switch and stuff like that. But what's really interesting is there are rumors about them remastering Fallout 1 and Fallout 2. And for Fallout fans, that's going to be really good because they're really good games, but they are very dated. So having them updated to modern mechanics and stuff like that will be very interesting. Uh, So if they do that, that would be cool. And in three words... Yeah, let's go with that. In three words... Will you be playing Fallout New California? Yes or no, and why? Uh, Paul, go for it. No. I just... <laughs> well, that was slick. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I've never played any Fallout. Wait, so what? You've never Fallout, played... I, what? I mean, the closest what? I've got to playing Fallout is Fallout. Oh, oh, oh no! Okay. Paul, okay. I can we, never talk can to we, you ever again. You, I have to the podcast now. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Paul, you're out I mean, of here. You're, you're, you're the one with the gaming site. If you can send me a copy of any of the Fallout games, I will happily play them. And I, I will have... even... I have a whole code for Fallout through when they came in a bundle. But dude, when, which month was it? I two years ago. Oh, okay. So yeah, it was, it was, it was, it was ages ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I I haven't finished Fallout Three. I have played Fallout Four. I do prefer Fallout Four over the other Fallouts. But if you like your lower kind of base game single player stories and are a fan of Skyrim because it does play very similar even though they're two very different games. It's a great game if you want to lose a 
ton of time because like you could play Fallout 10 times and have a completely different experience every single time with your different encounters. I've seen someone playing, I think it was Fallout New Vegas. Um, and I, and I've actually been watching someone stream Fallout 4 recently and I do like the look of the game. Uh, though I would say I would probably instantly install the mod that stops you from going overweight, um, and all that stuff. Um, the unlimited I, carry mod. Yeah. I, um, I would definitely do all of that, but I, yeah, I, I would like to play Fallout. I've just, I've never really gotten myself around playing any of them. Apart from Fallout Shelter, but that's not a real Fallout. Really. <laughs> I actually have yeah, Fallout Shelter on my that. Switch. I really enjoy it. But yeah, Paul, play some Fallout, or else I'm going to have to disown you. Um, uh, thank you to both of our guests for joining us. It has been an awesome episode. If you want to check out the audio version, as always, it's on snpy.tech/podcast. Join us here live every Sunday at 8 p.m. At this current point in time, it's 8 p.m. British summertime. Um, in the winter, it's 8 p.m. GMT. However, we will see you here next week. Go to snpy.tech/itunes if you have an iOS device. Go to slash Twitter slash Facebook slash what else do we have? We don't have a slash Google Plus. Um, <laughs> but you know type it in if you get somewhere great if not let me know there's a slash twitch as well i believe so go do that we'll see you next time however for now thank you for joining us and we'll see you next week potentially i don't know but i kind of hope so i'm prolonging this because i can't find the stop streaming button bye